Back Blue Shirts fans to episode number 123 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. And today we've got part two of our interview with Mr. Vince Mercagliano. Vince covers the Rangers for USA Today, Lowhud.com, NorthJersey.com, and the USA Today Network. We're going to be covering a variety of topics today. The debut of Igor Shesterkin, who will be the next Rangers captain, and whether or not we will get to see a Stanley Cup champion this season. Enjoy. One other game I want to ask you about here is uh, Igor Shesterkin's debut. And I, I assume you were at the Garden that night for, for his debut? Yeah, I was every, any game at the Garden this year I was there for. And gotcha. the vast majority yeah. of them on the road. So. Yeah. So, I mean, Shesterkin, you know, makes 29 saves, beats the Colorado Avalanche 5-3. to three. After a little bit of a shaky start, you know, he gave up the two early goals. Uh, one of them was against Nathan McKinnon on a breakaway. So what are you going to do? He's one of the best players in the league. But, I mean, watching this game on TV, you know, it just really felt like there was some some electricity in the building. Uh, just just talk about what that was like, what it was like to uh, see Igor make his debut and also just the fan reaction to, to seeing him out there for the first time. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned that in the story. That, that, that to me, that was the game that had the most buzz going into it. Like, as soon as he got called up, I mean, it, it was like the reaction from fans was incredible because they had been looking forward to that moment for years. And it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, we knew that he was playing really well in the AHL, but we also knew that, the, you know, the Rangers had Lundqvist and they had Georgiev, and that the plan, at least to start the season, was to let Shesterkin get a full year of seasoning with Hartford. But his play kind of forced their hand, and I think that they felt that it was important to reward that play. And so they called him up, everything happened really fast, and then next thing you know, he was starting the next game. And that, that I, I just... I just remember feeling going into that game like, you know, this is pretty cool. This is something the fans are really, really jazzed up for. Um, and and it showed. I mean, the, the first time that he touched the puck, they went crazy. Um, and then, you know, he gives up, I think it was two goals on the first three shots that he saw. But he, he yeah. recovered really well. And I think that kind of showed his resilience. That showed that he's a mentally tough guy, which the Rangers have been saying for a while. But, you know, you kind of have to see it to believe it. Um and, you know, he rebounded and they won the game. And from there, I think his confidence just kept going up, up, up. Yeah. Uh, the other crazy thing about Shesterkin for me is, you know, the Rangers took him in the fourth round in the 2014 draft. And there were, I counted today, I thought it was about this number, but 13 goalies selected in front of Igor Shesterkin. I mean, wow. how does that happen? You you look at the list and like, you know, Elvis Merz-Lincolns is on there and he's done pretty well for the Blue Jackets this season. But beyond that, there's, I mean, there's a couple guys who have, you know, at least played a few games in the NHL and everything. But, I mean, can you figure this out any better than I can? Like, how were 13 goalies taken ahead of Igor Shesterkin, especially when you consider some of the numbers that he was putting up uh, pre-NHL? Yeah, I, I think that most uh, most scouts would tell you that goalies are probably the toughest position to project. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's part, that's, you know, that's part of it. But I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think in any sport you can go back and look at any draft and say, wow, how did this guy get taken ahead of this guy? Uh, it's pretty easy to do it uh, with the uh, with hindsight. But, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I think, you know, <laughs> Lundqvist, Lundqvist was, uh, was, I think Lundqvist was undrafted, if I'm not, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, or, or like a, like a seventh-round pick or something like that. I know he was definitely taken 
later than uh, Shesterkin. Uh, so, like, you know, I think it's just one of those things. Um, you know, Georg- oh, Georgiev was undrafted. There's another There's another example. So I think goalies are just one of those positions where it's really, really hard to project. And, uh, you know, any goal, like, you know, you have a rare case with a forward, like Jack Hughes, Capo Caco, where they're taken and, you know, right away there's a feeling they can go right into the NHL. That That is very, very rare. But at least with a forward or a defenseman, you, you might feel like, you know, within a year or two, they might be able to make an impact if they're a really high-end guy. You never see that with a goalie. Uh, there's yeah. a reason that, that goalies need years and years of seasoning before teams are comfortable pick, uh, putting them in an NHL game. So, uh, you know, the Rangers had some foresight on that one, but I'm sure you could find a lot of cases where the Rangers uh, took picks that they ended up regretting. So uh, they lucked out for sure on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to change gears a little bit here, uh, one thing I've been doing, like, you know, with any guests that I have on here is I'm kind of getting their their take on who the next Ranger captain could be or should be. And, you know, if it's going to happen next year and, you know, as someone that covers the team as closely as you do, uh, do you have any idea? Like, I mean, the two names that make the most sense to me are Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Uh, do you have an opinion there? Do you think the Rangers will name a captain next season? Just, just give me your take on that if you can. Yeah, you, you hit, you hit both the right names. Um, I think they will name one next year, but I thought that there was a, a decent chance that they were going to name one this year and they didn't. So clearly they are not, they don't feel like it's an obligation. They don't feel like it's something they have to do. I think John Davidson made that pretty clear. Um, but it's getting to the point now where that, you know, the last captain they had was Ryan McDonough. Uh, he, you know, he was, they've basically gone two seasons now without a captain. Um, I think that as this team is coming into its own and moving into the next phase of this rebuild and getting to the point where they feel like they should compete for a playoff spot and eventually a Stanley cup, I think it's important to identify that leader and, Mika Zibanejad to me seemed like the obvious candidate. I think I wrote a column or something about that in the beginning of the season that, that he seemed like he was destined to be the guy. And I still feel that way. But now that Kreider is under contract for another seven years and you know that he's here to stay, like when we were speculating last off season, we all thought there was a good chance that Kreider was going to be traded before the end of the season. So it would have been kind of weird to name him a captain if he might not even stick around. But now right. that you know that he's sticking around, you know, he's more of a veteran than, than Mika. Um, in some ways, he's a little more out. I mean, both of them are pretty quiet, but I think Kreider is probably a little bit more outspoken. Both of those guys, their teammates gravitate to them. Uh, they both carry a lot of weight in the locker room. So I think there's a – and Kreider's obviously been here for longer. And, um, so I think there's a case to be made for both of them. Um, you know, Mika's contract situation, I think he has two more years after this season. So he his long-term future isn't as secure, although it's hard to envision a scenario where the Rangers would let him go. Um, so I still lean a little bit towards Mika. Um, again, he's not a rah-rah guy. He's very soft-spoken and quiet, but I think he's one of those guys that when he speaks, everybody listens. And I think that he has that sort of like lead by example. He doesn't need to pound his chest. He doesn't need to get loud. Um, it almost is a little Derek Jeter-esque. Um, so to me, he's the guy, but I, whereas before I would have said like, you know, I think 90% chance he would be the next captain. Now it's probably more like 60, 40 with Mika being 60 and Kreider being 40. Um, I, I don't think either one would be, would be uh, a bad choice. Um, but I, I just think that Mika, especially with the way that he broke out in the last two seasons, um, you know, he's just one of those guys. He just seems to do all the right things, say all the right things, uh, just like a genuinely good guy. Not that not that Kreider isn't, um, right. 
but I, I, I think Mika would probably have a slight edge in my mind, but it, it wouldn't surprise me either way. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's also good, you know, that they didn't try to force a captain, you know, in either of these last two seasons. Just kind of let it evolve naturally, and you'll know when the time is right to, to pick one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, yeah. and you know, with the way that they finished this season, whether whether they finished the season or not, the fact that they, you know, rallied in the second half and got themselves back into the playoff picture, I think they feel like momentum is in their favor and they're building towards something and that next year, you know, the chances of making making the playoffs are pretty good or at least decent. Uh, and I think that one, as they enter that, that next phase, it becomes more important to have that clear leader. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, Postmates has created non-contact deliveries. So now, when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. And uh, something else I wanted to talk to you about. We were actually talking about this before we started recording here today. But uh, I understand you spoke with Niles Lundquist a little bit today and, and just wanted to kind of ask you about that. How's he doing? Uh, could we see him, you know, with the Wolfpack or the Rangers anytime, anytime soon? Yeah, well, that, that's a good question. That was definitely one of the questions I had on my mind. Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool that we got to connect. Um, you know, he's obviously in Sweden right now. And he said that they're not to- it's not total lockdown. Um, but obviously he's just staying home for the most part. Uh, you know, he was playing in the SHL, the Swedish hockey league, which is the top league in Sweden. Um, and his team, uh, Lua or Luia, I hope I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing that, but, um, they, they finished as, as the, the best team in the regular season in the SHL and they were going into the playoffs as the number one seed. And then the coronavirus hit and obviously everything had to get, uh, had to get canceled. So, uh, he's just been sitting home. He told me that his gym is still open, so he's been working out and trying to stay in shape and gear up for next season. But, you know, as far as what's next, uh, that was interesting. Uh, I really came away feeling like he still doesn't know what he's going to do. Um, okay. You know, he feels like there's no rush, and that's that's understandable. I mean, we don't know when the next time we're going to see hockey is. Um, so he's not, he's going to, I think, bide his time. He said that they're discussing it with the Rangers. He's definitely trying to take the information that they're giving him and, and take it into consideration. Um, but he also, I'm telling you, feels like he has some unfinished business. I mean, the team that he plays for in the SHL is his hometown team. And he felt like they were in a position to win a championship. And I mean, I guess you can just think of it like this, like, you know, he's only 19. And if you knew that, you know, you were first round pick and you had this opportunity to come to North America and begin your, your NHL career. 
um, you know, that's, that's obviously his ultimate goal. And I think that he made it very clear that he's not going to let anything get in the way of that. And if the Rangers, I think, are insistent that we think the best thing for you to do is come here, get your feet wet in Hartford, and then, you know, if you play well and you earn it, you'll, you'll get your chance to come up and play with the Rangers, then I think he'll do that. But, you know, I think deep down he knows that he's not going to just come over and be gifted an NHL spot. In all likelihood, he would have to go to Hartford for a little while. So in right. his mind, he's toying with, you know, do I stay in Sweden for one more year and give it one more shot to accomplish this dream of bringing my hometown a championship and, you know, in this league and for this team that I grew up rooting and watching, uh, that I grew up rooting for and watching. Um, I think that would kind of be like a nice cherry on top moment for him. And then going into 2020, 21, uh, he could come over and compete for a spot and, you know, and, and kind of take that step at that point. But I think, you know, he's, he's grappling with, do I come here, play for Hartford and see where it takes me? Or do I give it one, do, instead of playing for Hartford, do I give myself one more year of grooming in Sweden and then come over the following year? So he, he's obviously coming, if it's not this season, it's going to be next season. And I still think that it's probably better than 50% that he, he signs this off season. But, you know, he said he's not, he's not really ready to make the decision yet. And he's still talking to the Rangers and still weighing his options. And he feels like there's no rush on it right now. So that's kind of where that's at. I, it was an interesting conversation, though. I had never spoken with him before. And it was pretty cool that he was willing to talk. And, and we, we got connected through a mutual source uh, that I have in Europe. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was really gracious of him to, to even take the time to give me a call because I could understand if he were, you know, trying to be guarded right now because obviously everybody's going to ask the same question like, hey, what are you doing next? Uh, yeah. And he was pretty open and candid about it. You know, I, I think that he he's trying to do the right thing. And I think he's absolutely, you know, if the Rangers feel strongly one way or the other, I think he'll probably you know, do what they want. But I could also see from the Rangers perspective, like, you know, they don't have an immediate opening for him. I think that they've made it pretty clear that especially when it comes to young defensemen, you know, Adam Fox was the exception, was the exception. Like they've made it pretty clear with Kay Andre Miller that they're going to start him off in Hartford. And I'm sure that that's what they, they would do at Lundquist as well. So, you know, for him, what sounds like more fun going to, Connecticut, uh, you know, with <laughs> where you know no one and you've never lived there before, and yeah. you know, going and playing in the AHL, or you know, staying home among family and friends and taking one more crack at, at accomplishing. He, he made it clear his number one dream is playing in the NHL, but he's also always dreamt of winning an an SHL title, and he feels like he's in a position to maybe give that one more try. So sure. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, uh, another Ranger who you know, a little bit of an uncertain future for completely different reasons. Uh, Leah Sanderson, and, you know, he's been playing for HV71 of the Swedish Hockey League, you know, before the pandemic started. I believe he skated in 15 games with them. Um, have you heard anything about Leah Sanderson? Is it at all possible that we see him back with the Rangers or the Wolfpack at some point, you know, in the future? Um, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think it's probably not going to happen, but the Rangers are leaving the door open. Like, I've spoken to people at the Rangers that have said all options are on the table. Like, if they felt like Leas was in a good place mentally and wanted to come back and give it a try, they would absolutely welcome that. But, you know, and he said, you know, he was interviewed um, by a, a Swedish newspaper, and I reached out to the reporter who did it to get the full translation of all the Leas quotes and what Leas had to say. You know, he said he's open to suggestions and that he's going to, you know, discuss everything with his agents and that he's been in touch with John Davidson, and he spoke really highly of J.D. Uh, I think that... 
I think that JD being so persistent about trying to, because at first when Leas left, he, everything was being handled through his agents and his representatives, and the Rangers didn't have any direct communication with him. And Davidson made it pretty clear, like, listen, I want to talk to him. I want to hear his side of this. Like, I, I would like to communicate with him directly. And JD kept trying, and eventually he was able to get through. And I've been told by a few different sources that that has really been a positive revelation and that that has helped thaw the relationship. And that, uh, you know, Leah spoke pretty highly of JD uh, in, in the Swedish interview. So those are all positive signs, and it's obviously a very positive sign that that uh, Leas is now openly talking about some of the struggles that he had. I, you know, I don't, I, I think people were making a lot about the sleeping pills thing. Uh, I was told that it wasn't like he was addicted to sleeping pills, but he was, he was feeling lonely. He was feeling mm-hmm. homesick. Uh, you know, he was having trouble sleeping. He was obviously disappointed with the way that things were going. Um, you know, I'm sure he never really said this publicly, but I, I'm sure that he was, feeling like he should have had a more of an opportunity to maybe get more playing time with the Rangers. Um, obviously, you know, I think that the Rangers position was, we're not going to gift him anything and he's not playing very well. And it's hard to argue with that. Um, but there was just a lot of stuff going on and he made it clear in this most recent interview that he felt like he needed to get away from that before it got worse. Uh, yeah. And he went home and he feels like he's in a much better place now. So I think anything is possible. Um, and like I said, the Rangers, I think definitely would welcome him coming to training camp, but is he willing to put himself back in that place where he left because he was feeling so down? I I think that's probably a little bit of a stretch. I, you know, I, I think from the Rangers perspective, there was no rush to trade him. And I think that letting him play in Sweden was good for a variety of reasons. Number one, because it helped him get back to normal and start feeling some peace of mind again, but it also reestablishes his value a little bit in the trade market. Like him playing, him not playing at all after leaving wasn't going to help anybody him playing. And, you know, he, I think he had like 12 points in 15 games or something like that. Uh, Him playing could maybe start to pique other teams interest a little bit and maybe reestablish his trade value a little bit. Um, So I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's really hard to tell. I think the Rangers aren't feeling any rush to do anything right now at all. Um, but, it, you know, it's not impossible for him to maybe give it another crack, but I think it's it's well under 50% that you would see him come back to the Rangers in, in the fall for, for any kind of training camp scenario. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you touched on this as well, but the point that I've made a couple of times on my show is that, you know, the Rangers, I don't think they're completely blameless in this situation. They never really put Leah Anderson when he was on the Rangers in position to succeed. He was only ever out there on the fourth line with guys like Michael Haley, and it's like, what are you supposed to do? And the point that I made a couple of times is, you know, Brett Howden for a long time was centering the third line, and, and Leah Anderson was on the fourth line. And I, I just kept saying, like, w- would it kill the Rangers to just for a game or two or three, maybe just flip-flop those two and put Leah Anderson on the third line? And now he's out there with Capo Caco, Brennan Lemieux, guys who are at least capable of scoring. You know what I mean? Like, would that have... Yeah, I agree with you. you know? I agree. I mean, yeah. I wrote I wrote about this a handful of times, and, and especially after they demoted Leah, before he went back to Sweden when he was in Hartford, I wrote a column about this. I absolutely think that the Rangers should have given him a chance. Now, yeah. you know... I, I don't necessarily think that he was treated unfairly because I don't think he was playing well. I mean, I don't care who you are. Like Greg McKaig was more productive on the fourth line than Leas Anderson was. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that Leas was not playing well, but we also saw situations where, for example, Capo Caco wasn't playing well. And 
it didn't stick for a long time, but they moved him up a couple different times during the season into the top six to see if that gave him a, a spark. And right. I think that in Leas's case, to, to maybe try him on the third line for a game or two, like you said, I just would have been curious to see if it did anything. I mean, why, my, my thought was, why not at least try it? See exactly. if he responds well to it. Um, yep. You know, I, I'm all for earning it, and I absolutely think that that should, in most cases, be the mantra. But I do think that the Rangers probably should have at least given him a shot. But you know what? Honestly, I think the Rangers felt like he's, you know, it's 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 their draft pick, so ultimately it falls on their shoulders. But I think the Rangers probably felt like he just he he, he wasn't good enough yet, you know, yeah. or if he ever will be good enough. But I, I think that they were disappointed by his performance, and they didn't want to gift wrap him a spot uh, at a higher spot in the lineup. I think it was a mistake. But, you know, I don't think it was done because they had some kind of vendetta against him or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Now, this is something we talked about uh, the last time we had you on the show. You know, the possibility of, is the season going to restart? Are they going to finish the regular season? Are they going to do playoffs? It's going to be empty arenas. Um, So, you know, obviously some time's gone by since the last time you were on the show. And, you know, the health and safety of the players and the fans and everybody, that comes first. But... You know, do you think that we're going to get a Stanley Cup champion this season? And again, I know we don't have a crystal ball, but just just want to get your opinion on that one more time. Yeah, uh, you know, I think last time we spoke, I told you that that I I was feeling like it was uh, probably not going to happen. And, you know, it's kind of been a little bit of a wave. Like when the season first got paused, nobody knew what to expect next. And then I think in those in those immediate weeks that followed, the feeling was, how the heck could they possibly reopen the season? And and the sources that I had were, were, were kind of saying the same thing. And, and I was starting to feel like we were heading toward the season getting canceled. Now, you know, especially like here in New York, for example, you know, we've people have stayed home and flattened the curve, at least to the extent where now, you know, we're, we're looking at we're on a, a little bit of a decline. Um, there's always going to be that possibility of it flaring back up. So I, I personally think that sports are not going to look the same for at least a year, um, you know, based on all the research I've done and all the reading I've done. But there is some momentum building, and the league is still for sure holding out hope that they could do something different where, you know, there definitely would be no fans in a building, um, there, it definitely would, would look different in a lot of ways, but I think that they are, they are still holding out hope and there seems to be a little bit of momentum building that maybe just maybe sometime in the summer, they could try to roll it back out in some way, shape or form. Uh, you know, a report came out this week from a few different people. Um, I think Elliot Friedman, uh, might've been the first one to mention it, but that, you know, there were, there were reports previously. And a lot, again, a lot of this is speculation. Like a lot of this from what I've been told is like uh, a player or an agent or somebody is like, Hey, this seems like it could be a good idea. And then like, because there's no sports going on right now, everybody's like, Oh, this is going to happen next. Like you got to be careful with that stuff. So when they were saying that, Oh, maybe they'll send everybody to North Dakota or New Hampshire and, and finish out the season there. That was pure speculation. The league it's, it's been made pretty clear. Now the league isn't going to do that, but Gary Bettman last night in an interview on Sportsnet came out and said that if they are going to do anything, they're aiming maybe for like the July time and they would possibly split up teams. They would pick maybe four 
or it could be more, but he, they seem to be uh, – the reports right now are saying maybe four arenas scattered throughout North America. They would pick cities like Carolina or Minnesota that, you know, where the density isn't a big issue and the virus hasn't been that bad so far. And basically, it sounds like they could possibly split up teams based on division and send all the teams from the metro to one city, all the teams from the Atlantic to another city, and so on, and try to finish out the season that way. Uh, yeah. I still think there's a lot of hurdles they need to clear to do that. I'm still not sold that it's going to happen, but the league is definitely holding out hope for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, part of the motivation is financial. Part of it is because, you know, people are missing sports right now and they feel like if they could find some way to give people an escape, even if it means, you know, you can only watch the games on television, you can't attend them in person. I think a lot of people feel like that would be better than nothing, but there, there's so many questions about, the safety risks of that. I mean, if one player at any of those locations were to were to get the virus, everything gets thrown on its head. Um, right. So it's still hard for me to envision it, but I, you know, I, I think especially this week we've been seeing that uh, you know they are far from being ready to call it. They're, they're not canceling it yet. They're gonna. I think we won't have any definitive answers until at least May. Um, but who knows? It, it's still kind of a who knows situation, but I will say that I think the last time we spoke, I felt like it was probably not going to happen. I'm leaning a little bit more towards, okay, maybe it would happen, but okay. I, I, I still, I, I still think it's, it's, it's hard to tell. Yeah, no, it really is. It's hard to put like a percentage on it right now, but, uh, yeah, you know what? I think we can, we can end with that for today, Vince, but I mean, this, this was a ton of fun. Uh, thanks for joining the show again, and we'll absolutely have to do this again in the future. Yeah, man, for sure. Anytime. And, uh, hope everyone's doing well out there and definitely want to, uh, you know, stay, stay, stay safe and, and don't, let's not ease our foot off the gas pedal yet. Let's keep trying to do our part, even though I know it's hard and, uh, trust me, I'm thinking about golf and all these other things I'd like to be doing as the weather gets nicer, but <laughs> Just uh, I hope everyone's doing well and, and holding up as, as best as they can. Once again, thanks to Vince Mercagliano for joining this show. He really does a fantastic job covering the Rangers for USA Today, LowHud.com, NorthJersey.com, and the USA Today Network, so be sure to check out some of his work. But that's going to do it for today. Once again, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.